0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nugia Dean. Today is Tuesday, October 24th. Coming up, a Kansas City sales tax is supposed to support economic development east of the Paseo. But some say it hasn't been as successful as it could be.
1: They point to you know, only four projects being completed. They say that much of the blame rests with City Hall.
0: We'll hear more about the program and how it's doing. But first, some headlines. A former Kansas lawmaker who's faced multiple allegations of abuse and assault is running for a school board position in Wyandotte County. Blaze Mesa of the Kansas News Service reports.
2: In middle school, Aaron Coleman admitted to posting a nude photo of a classmate because she did not send him more naked photos. Years later, Coleman's ex-girlfriend said he strangled her. After that, Coleman was arrested for domestic battery for attacking his brother. Coleman didn't respond to interview requests. He is now running for the Turner School Board in Wyandotte County. Five candidates are running for four seats, which means everyone is elected minus the person in last place. In a campaign video, Coleman said he wants to focus on bullying and student mental health. I try to tell people, vote, and elections have consequences. Coleman spent two years in the Kansas House, but he lost his re-election race last year.
0: City council members in DeSoto have finalized a plan to offer tax incentives worth $200 million for Panasonic's new electric vehicle battery plant. The agreement requires the company to help with infrastructure projects like roadway improvements and a new fire station. It also says Panasonic must operate the facility until 2045 and employ at least 2,500 people. Mayor Rick Walker says it's a deal that benefits the city.
1: Yeah, it's a big company. We're a little city. They could have come in and tried to be you know bullies, and they were a good partner throughout the process, and I appreciate that.
0: Kansas offered the company $830 million in incentives to build its $4 billion plant. Panasonic promised it would create about 4,000 new jobs. The factory is expected to open in 2025. Less than a quarter of Head Start centers in Missouri are located within walking distance of a public transit stop. KCUR's Jody Fortino has more on the early childhood education program. A new report from the National Head Start Association and the Civic Mapping Initiative found only 42 percent of centers nationwide have a transit stop within a quarter of a mile. Heather Gillum with Kansas City's YMCA Head Start program says transportation is a huge barrier for their families. If they have a car, their car's in the shop. They can't afford to get it repaired. So they rely on public transportation. And if that's not something that's close to them, then they can't get to work. The report found an additional 19 percent of centers located within a mile of a stop could be made more accessible by extending existing bus lines. We'll be back after this. Kansas City sales tax, approved in 2017, is supposed to support development east of the Paseo. So far, the tax has brought in close to $70 million. But some critics say the program isn't working as effectively as it should. KCUR's local government reporter Salisa Kalakal and Flatland reporter Mike Sherry told me what's going on and what's at stake. So Lisa, what is the Central City Economic Development Program and how is it developed?
2: Yeah, so the Central City Economic Development Program is connected to the Central City Economic uh, Development sales tax, and that is a one-eighth cent sales tax. The funds from that tax are meant to fund economic development projects, specifically in what's called the Central City. The boundaries of the Central City are 9th Street in the north, Gregory Boulevard in the south, Indiana Avenue in the east, and Paseo Boulevard. Boulevard in the West. When this was put to voters in 2017, overall uh, 52% of Kansas City voters uh, approved the tax. So it passed uh, pretty narrowly and the tax lasts for uh, 10 years. So it's, uh, it's up for renewal in the next couple years. Um, and basically uh, the funds are basically allocated to projects uh, that are going to be located in the central city area. So developers essentially apply for however much funding they need. And then the Central City Economic Development Board will decide uh, who to give money to. And then once that happens, City Council actually has to approve uh, those funds. And then it goes through kind of the normal uh, development process within City Hall. So what has the impact of the program been so far? So the impact so far, you know, in the time that the sales tax has been in effect, it has brought in about $70 million total. Uh, Of that total, $53 million has been authorized by city council, meaning they uh, have approved uh, the board's recommendations. And then of that amount that's been authorized, uh, 40 percent of those funds have actually been dispersed to to the developer to actually use that money uh, for their project.
0: Mike has the program performed as well as had been hoped?
1: Well,, uh, that depends on who you ask. The people who support the the tax will say, uh, yes, it has brought in uh, several hundreds of millions of dollars to East Side development that these uh, folks say would never have come. It has uh, helped get. Uh, several projects off the ground. I mean, there's only been four that have been completed, but several others are in process. Some of the successes that they point to are the uh, KD Academy, which is a uh, uh, 24-hour, seven-day-a-week childcare center on Prospect. There is also a big mixed-use development at 18th and Vine. So those are a couple of the successes now, uh, you have some detractors who will tell you that uh, the program has not performed anywhere near what it should have by this time, that they point to, you know, only four projects being completed. They say that, much of the blame rests with City Hall, where it seems it's taken an inordin- inordinately long period of time to get the contracts negotiated and executed, and that this has really hindered what should have been much more progress to date.
0: How has City Hall responded to criticisms of the program?
1: They agree that it, it is... Um, essentially a work in progress. Mayor Quentin Lucas uh, issued a statement uh, to us uh, for the story saying, you know, like anything else, um, you know, it could be, you know, they're always working every day to improve, you know, city operations. So they they basically, uh, you know, most people will say there is, you know, sort of blame enough to go around that um, you can't really – it's not, you know, beneficial really to point fingers at this point, but that everybody would say there's a bit of a little bit of a culpability on all sides. Uh, I think there is perhaps some acknowledgement within City Hall that they could have done a better job moving these uh, contracts along quicker. But uh, there are some supporters of City Hall who will tell you that one of the main reasons that the projects did not go through the bureaucracy as quickly as possible was because the projects that were greenlit by the CCED board and then approved by the council were, you know, submitted by relatively neophyte developers and that when the paperwork got into the city hall bureaucracy that there were a lot of I's that needed to be dotted and a T's that needed to be crossed. So. What some people might consider to be slowness was really due diligence on the part of city hall staffers to make sure that once these contracts were executed, they were – that the developers performed uh, as they said they would.
0: So how have members of the CCED board responded to criticisms?
1: Well, they've responded uh, a few ways. You know, perhaps they might have um, approved some projects that were maybe didn't have, were not as buttoned up as they should have been, but they want to, in some cases, err on the side of, you know, giving the developer the benefit of the doubt because they wanted to make this a community program for smaller developers and uh, that. So they will agree that perhaps they, they you know, might have uh, greenlit some programs that uh, some projects that needed a little bit more due diligence at City Hall.
0: Why are supporters making a case to renew the tax?
2: At the end of the day, you know, even though there may have been backlogs in City Hall, and you know, as Mike said, blame to go around, uh, they say that this tax is still really critical in in terms of you know spurring economic development and uh, you know revitalization on the East Side. They point to kind of the alphabet soup, if you will, of you know economic development agencies like Port KC. We have all the programs under the Economic Development Corporation in Kansas City. And you know they they give out lots of you know tax breaks, um, for projects that uh mostly are not located on the east side. And so supporters of the tax will say, you know, the city needs this program because there really is no other program, you know, to spur this kind of economic development, you know, on the east side. That was Casey URS, Alisa Kalakal, and Flatlands Mike Sherry.
0: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nugia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Salisa and Mike's reporting on the Central City Economic Development Program, visit KCUR.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.